Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. There's two things that maybe I'm glad I didn't really know what they meant because I, I might not have done it otherwise, but uh, two of the... Two of the biggest decisions of my life that has affected just everything uh, about who I am and what I am and what I do was the decision to uh, be a cowboy, number one. Number two is to uh, follow God completely. And number three was to move to Colorado. I mean, those three things, you know, if I would have known what it entailed, (laughs) I'm not sure I would go back and make the same decision. No, I I would. I would. But there's so much more meaning to to what we do, you know, because, I mean, you know, like Ty and Mitch and and Brett are our our ranch cowboys, and they have the best life ever because all they do is ride around on their horse looking cool with a photographer following them, right? Yeah, that's pretty much all they do. That is all they do. Somebody saddles their horses. I mean, just, at, no, you know that's a lie. Man, those guys, all three of those guys work work so hard. And, you know, and everybody thinks, ah, you know, it's just, you know, oh, you cowboy for a living. That must be cool. How cool is it? It's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it depends on, ask which day it is, right? And it's the same with being a preacher. I mean, the thing that I love about preaching is that I only have to work like two hours every week. That's all I do. You know, just ask anybody, well, what's so hard about your job? All you have to do is talk for an hour. That's right. That's exactly right. That's why I have this job. That's why I have this job. Well, this morning I was, there was going to be more to something than, than I bargained for because I walked out, started my truck, and as I was leaving... I had to go feed the horses. Number two very, very important things. Number one, I'm deathly allergic to hay. I hate snow. So I walked out there this morning, and uh, my friend Kelly had stayed while I had taken some meat north, and she had filled up the wheelbarrow for me. Such a sweetheart. Except the wind had blown it down. So, you know, I had to unfreeze the wheelbarrow from, from the ground, shovel it all back in, and then try to push a stupid wheelbarrow through, you know, six inches of snow. As of this point, as of this point. Now, whenever I got over to the first one, you'd have still been proud of me because I, you know, I forked. And then I went to the next horse, and he had pushed his trough underneath the electric fence. So I go and... Get this, instead of just pushing it back under, I cleaned it out for him. Now, remember, I don't like snow, but I got some really cool mittens. And so, anyway, I cleared it out, and I'm like, there you go, buddy. And I go to shove it back in, and I knock my stupid wheelbarrow over. Scatter the rest of the hay. Can't get it all picked up. I have to go get more, bring it back. By now, I've got asthma, and I just wasn't going to come. I just figured I had done enough for the day. I was going to let Mitch or Ty or Daniel or, you know, Robert or somebody get up here and talk to y'all for a little while. But there's more, you know, some people say, oh, I lived on a ranch. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. 
there's a lot more to it. And it's not quite as glamorous as people, you know, that have no idea of what it's like. Talking about something else that maybe there's just a little more to it than what appears on the surface. Okay? And really, whenever I tell well, that, that should be easy. I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why we have to go in depth about this. But I hope by the end of the service that, that you'll understand why. And my question today that we will be answering biblically, I'm not going to come up with, you know, cool stuff that I came up with, the wisdom of men. We're going to go straight to the Bible and figure out what a simple, simple word might entail. Okay? What does it to believe? Well, I have a hard time thinking that if you're watching on and 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 if you're watching and if you're if you don't believe, I'm glad you're here. But for the most part, I think that most people are here today because they believe. But what does it mean to believe? What does it entail? Sometimes there just seems to be an easy, you know? I mean, there there just seems to be like, oh, that's not that hard of an answer. But, you know, once you kind of get past the surface level, you're like, huh, th that might be a deeper question than, than what we thought it was. So what does it mean to believe? Well, as I pondered this, I usually go through a couple of week reading it. And, and I don't go in order. You know, for those of you that I've never read the Bible cover to cover. Now, I think I've read every word in the Bible, but I've never read it cover to cover. It's not a novel. It's not meant like that. It's not in chronological order, and sometimes it just confuses people. And I get confused easy, so I'm going to take it easy on myself. But this week, I turn to Romans. Romans is one of my favorite, favorite books of the Bible. Paul is writing to the, to the Romans, the Jewish Romans, and the Gentiles and stuff like that in Rome. Obviously, that's why it's called Romans. And it's a fantastic book because half of it is, is theological, and then the other half is application. But even in the theological, we can find questions that need to be answered, like, what does it mean to believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I would hope that everyone would say yes. But what does it mean to believe? Our first scriptures found in Romans 1, verse just right off the bat, Paul starts telling us, continue, all going to stop in chapter 4. Paul continues to drop, I don't, I don't even want to say hints, I mean, he just flat out tells you, this is to believe. Romans 1, Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as a everywhere what God has done for them. Follow me so far? Here's the, here's the main part. So that they will believe and obey, bringing glory to his name. So what does it mean to believe? Well, we, we all know what the word means. I know that. But is there something underneath it that qualifies? And according to the Bible, according to Paul right here, he says so that they will believe and obey. And obey. To obey. And y'all all know it, but maybe some people on the internet go. You know, I ask the question, do you believe in God? Yes. Are you, I mean, do you really believe in Jesus? Yes. Are you sure you believe in Jesus? You do what he says. Well, why don't you do what he says? And, you know, 
when I was asked that question, I was like, well, uh, I mean, I do a little bit, you know, like we all. It means to obey. It means to do what God says, how he said to do it, and when he said to do it, and why he says to do it. Okay? That's what obedience means. Somebody's going to tell you what to do, and you're going to do it that way. It's not that difficult of a concept to have. But, you know, I think it's sometimes misunderstood. Can't hear him in the back, but, uh, Ty, why, why do we want horses to, after, why do we want them to turn left? Why do we want that horse to obey what we want? Safe, keep you safe, get the job done. Yeah, get the job done. But is it anything of lording over that horse and being superior and by gosh, you're going to do what I say I'm going to do right now, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not like that. And I think that when you talk about obedience, I think that a lot of people think that that's what God means. Like, you're going to do what I tell you to do. I don't think it's like that. Because I don't think that God wants us to obey him. He doesn't necessarily want to subjugate us but he wants to make us strong. That's what we do with the horses. We take a horse that doesn't know anything, we take all of that uh, power and everything that that horse has, and we put it to a good use. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to take us, and he's gifted all of us as believers with certain gifts or gift, and he wants us to he wants to teach us that not so that you can be, you know, gonna whoosh, whoosh, that, that's not what he's, he's trying to grow you. He's trying to grow you. Because this obedience that the Bible mentions is to make us in his image. And, you know, let's see. I, I've always had this image of, you know, Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people want a ranch job. Well, if you were given a ranch job, perfect situation and everything, but you never did any of the ranch work, how long do you think you would be? Not very long work, right? And the cow boss is going to tell you what he wants done, or the manager, or, you know, somebody that's over you, or your boss, or something, you know, somebody's going to tell you what to do, and you're supposed to do it, right? But I think a lot of Christians are like that, too. They want to be Christians, but then they just... I don't have to do anything. I just have to believe. And I do believe in Jesus. Well, maybe there's believe like you think you do. Or maybe you don't believe like the Bible talks about. But you know what? God is not a micromanager. I know some micromanagers. Y'all have ever had a, a micromanager? Oh my gosh, you want to talk about punch somebody in the face? Just standing over the top. God's not like that. As a matter of fact, mocking. And keeps riding up on my bald head. That was not in the notes. These lights are hot, aren't they? Get to sweat. It's a deal. I rip, God is not a micromanager. Okay. Sitting up there on his... Turn left. Turn right. Go forward. Go back. He's not micromanaging you. When we talk about obedience, you know, he, he's not jerking on the reins or anything. As a matter of fact, just like our horses, most of the time we're just turned out. But when it comes time to do a job, we expect our horses to help us accomplish that job. And I think God is the same way. So when we talk about obedience, I don't want you to think that God is a micromanager. As a matter of fact, he may not call on you.
you know, a year. But when he does call on you, and you know it, it's time to stay. Now, the thing about that is you may have been turned out for a year, but we should be doing what the other stuff he said to prepare ourselves for when he does call us to do something. What does it mean to believe? Believe means to obey God. It means to obey God. And, and if, you, if you think you have a belief, but there's zero obedience, I'm going to really ask you what you think. The next one. Still in Romans. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as a God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter. What believe means? Yes, they knew God. Yes, they believed in God. But work as believe. Okay? To worship. I hate what I'm fixing to say. I, I really do. And not, not because I hate anybody that has ever said it or anybody that will ever say it. It makes me sad because they have no idea what they're talking about. And that's kind of fools. They think that they're wise, but they have become utter fools. Is when people look at me, when they find out my occupation, I pray better in the pastor than a church. That scares me so bad. That scares me so, so bad. And it, and it nearly to the point of Abel's like Jesus did. Because that's not worship. Okay? In some cases, I'm not saying that you can't worship God in the pasture. My question is, do you? No. You may say, hey, God. I mean, man, you really put in a lot of worship this morning, didn't you? About three seconds. Go you is a specific, unhindered purpose for God. Where the sole reason you are doing something is for God. To bring him glory and to praise him. Now, if you go out on your horse for the only purpose to ride out in the pasture and worship God for an hour or 50 minutes, and that's and you turn around and go back home. You can worship in the pasture. But see, most of the people, they just want to go ride their horse, so they throw that in there because it makes them feel better. Better in the pasture than in a church. Well, you know, I don't really think it's worship if, if your worship is a side of fries with your trail ride, okay? I don't. I, I, I think that what we're doing here, even those watching online, basically, but they're with us. We are only... To worship God. A specific, uh, what did I say? It was a really good word. Let's see. Unhindered. Unhindered purpose. That's the only reason we're here, is to worship. Now, I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel this big. I'm just saying, I, I want you to get the full effect of worship. Because I, I think you kind of get uh, three seconds worth of blessing, maybe, if anything. But the Bible says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Man, the people I have seen here in 10 years from the time they first walk in that door until now is astronomical. 
And that's because they came to worship God and learn. One time, uh, gosh, this is, I'd only been here about a year or two. I was working for a rancher just uh, south of here. And he doesn't go. And son did, and he goes, you know, Kevin, he said, because you know why I went? I was like, well, I mean, I hope you went for a good reason. He goes, I heard that there was people going, and I had to see it for myself. I had to see never man would have been in church. And he said, you're doing an amazing, God is doing an amazing job through all of us. Just me. Man, worship, when we come together and worship, man, we grow. We get to see other people. Y'all get to comment and see people that are commenting online. It's a, it's a joint, specific purpose. You know, I don't believe that God wants me to blah. And sure, it makes me sad again. Sad again. We fully created God in our image, lower fully created God in our believes we do, likes the same things we do, allow we care about the things that we do. You're not worshiping God. Even God, you have created a God to make you feel better about yourself. God isn't stepping on you to be better. I'm I'm going to really ask you once again to see if you truly, because he steps on my toes all the time. He is constantly grow. And then in turn, I come up here and I constantly push y'all to grow. And I have amazing, amazing growth through so many people here on the radio. I get emails and everything, and it's God working because we are worshiping. We are worshiping. To believe. Hey, believe, in the biblical sense, means to worship. The next verse is found in Romans 2, verse 8. Verse 8. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live like wickedness. Now, this one's a little harder than he's talking about, but the best way I can to believe to have changed life and purpose. Because if you truly, I mean, I have met people that say they believe in God, but their life changes none. They still don't go to church. They still not pray, and they're still not growing. I mean, and I'm not saying all's, but if your life does not drastically change because of your belief, I'm going to ask you if you truly believe in the biblical sense. You can't have the same life you had before. Well, says you are a new creation, created in Christ Jesus. Creation, you're never before. And that belief is what opens the door to the it, him, them, I, I don't know. Come into our lives and drastically change them. Now that drastic change doesn't always happen overnight, but it does happen. We did. Believed that the sun was going to come up this morning. And it did not drastically change my life. My horses were hungry this morning after a cold night. That just because you believe something doesn't mean that it drastically changes your life. When it comes to Christ, when you believe, it, will, it doesn't have to happen if you truly believe. Of is just what he says there 
but he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves. Who live for themselves. Because if you truly believe, you will surrender your life to Jesus Christ. No longer are you going to live, but now you have made the decision to follow the man and mission of Jesus Christ. And you were not doing that before. Now, once again, I think that it's not a destination. It's a journey we walk, man. And there's some sprinters out there that can run it real fast. And there's, you know, uh, are we making any progress whatsoever? I don't think that. Didn't even Jesus say those that, those that try to save their lives will lose their lives, but those who are willing to lose their life for my sake shall find it? My God, give it over to me. I'm going to make you strong. That's what I want. Because I don't think that God's intention of us surrendering to him subjects free. You know, that's not what I think. I don't think it's to make us slaves that work in the pits. I think he wants us to surrender so that we can become his children. And that's the only way, is to surrender your life of Jesus Christ. Believe, obey. No longer live for yourself, but you live for God. And finally, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Paul says, Even when hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing sentence you will have. Did you catch it? Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Dash. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. See, believe means to hope. Believe means to hope. And hope means that you never ever give in to the lies of sin. An interesting thing there. Do you know what I wrote in my notes the first time? Hope means that you never give up on God's promises and never give in to the lies of the devil. And I changed it. Hope up on God. Because sin is the evil. I mean, the devil was not the creator of evil world. Didn't say that the devil entered the world. The devil uses sin to lie to us. But sin is a lie. Hope means that you never promises and never give in to the lies of sin. Are you going to take for what he said? Are you going to take matters into your own hands and say, I believe. Hope that you're always going to be that God is not slow to fulfill his promise. And hope is what separates us from others. If you don't have God, what hope do you have? What hope do you have? Because I think that God, because we can't, you can't put your hope in me. I put my hope in you. We're all the time. Don't put your faith, don't put your hope in me. Put your hope in God. He's the only one that the one thing that he can't do is, is to crawfish on a promise. And that is hope. Knowing he is us that what he says is going to happen. And then if we will obey things the way he says to do them, if we will worship him so that he can do more than we can have ever been on ourse- by ourselves, if we will drastically change our lives and you know, make us a new creation, and he gives us hope for hope. Abraham kept hoping 
believing that he would become the father of many nations. You know what the most, what's the most famous verse in the Bible? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own. Whoever believes, I really do think it's that simple. But I don't think that we can just say, let's see. If I believe in God, I can be immortal. Okay, let's go back. I don't think it really works. So I understand that maybe it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that him will not perish. And by the way, I love that word immortality. We talk about this concept. But you know what? That's what he's willing to make us is immortal. For God so loved the world, one and only son, that whoever worships him will not perish, but have immortality. That whoever surrenders their lot perish, but have immortality. Whoever places all, but have immortality. What does it mean to believe? That may sound like a simple question. It has eternal consequences. And y'all, everybody, understands and grabs a hold of the promises of God. And today, you've learned a few ways how to do that. Let's go to God. One short of B, but we believe you can get us back on track today. We need you, God, and we need help to grow our faith. Forgive us when we fail you, and please don't give up on us or lope off without us, I pray. Amen. Don't leave here today without knowing that we absolutely love you. God loved us. We're going to love y'all. Even you know. We love you. Hope to see you back next week.